In this episode of Full Stack Radio, I get a one-on-one coaching session with Jason Freed on how exactly we should use Basecamp to keep the tailwind business organized as we start to bring on our first team members. This is Full Stack Radio, episode 141. So the reason that uh, I wanted to have you on the show today and the stuff that I want to talk about is um, the company that I run with my business partner, Steve, uh, we create user interface tools for people. So we run open source projects like Tailwind CSS and uh, we lately have been building like uh, pre-designed templates and stuff to sort of kind of like a commercial branch of the open source business. We also do educational products and stuff, but it's just been the two of us for a long, long time. And we're hitting the point now where it's like we're drowning and we need to bring people on to help us out. And um, that's a really crazy kind of turning point in how things are going to be going for us, I feel like. And I'm a little bit nervous about it because I, up until now, have just been kind of working for myself, managing my own work. Steve works pretty independently too. Um, But we are hiring a couple of people to come on and help us. And honestly, I feel like I don't know the first thing about making sure uh, that that all goes uh, successful. So I attended a workshop that you guys did at the uh, Basecamp office a few years back where you kind of walked through how you guys use Basecamp. And it was really eye-opening and inspiring to me. But I, I feel like at the time, not running my own remote company, there's just lots of stuff that just went one ear and out the other that I missed, right? And, and I feel like it'd be awesome to revisit some of that stuff uh, with you today and talk about some of the ways that you guys run the team at Basecamp, how you use Basecamp to do it, and uh, sort of lessons learned and mistakes that you made along the way. Yeah, that sounds like a good topic. Uh, clearly, I've got a lot to share about that. So yeah, any way I could be helpful would be my pleasure. I think the first thing that I'd be kind of curious to know, which um, is kind of tangentially related, but when I came to the workshop that you guys did at Basecamp, I was sort of surprised that the way that you presented the tool, it was not the way it had sort of been pitched to me over the years. Like I always thought of Basecamp as like a client team communication project management tool, which I think is absolutely how it started. And that was the problem you were solving for yourself in the beginning. Um, But watching you kind of walk through the product at, at the workshop, it seemed much more like like a remote company hub than it did like a project management tool. Like it seemed like you, this is the company, is this online kind of portal where everything happens. And you used it for a lot of stuff that just was not what I had it in the picture of my, in the picture in my mind about what Basecamp was supposed to be. Um, so I, I'm a little bit curious to like how you sort of tell the story of like the evolution of Basecamp from solving the initial problem that you had, which I think was much more around just communicating with clients and how that got to where you are today, which I feel like is a very different product, even though it can be used to solve a lot of the same problems. Yeah. Yeah. So um, in my opinion, running a company and managing projects is the same thing. Um, A company is a collection of projects. It's a collection of people. Um, It's all work. It needs to be organized. It needs to be orderly. It needs to be predictable. All those things. And I think it needs to be in one place. Need is a strong word, but okay, I'll use it. Like it, it kind of needs to be in one place. Otherwise, like stuff is everywhere. Everyone knows what that's like, and that's in fact why we built Basecamp originally. Because back in 2004, when we built it, or we built it in 2003, we were running projects for clients, and stuff was everywhere. Like I had stuff in my email. David had stuff in his email. Ryan had stuff in his email. Um, I used a calendar thing. They used a calendar. Like stuff was everywhere. The client feedback was maybe in my inbox and not David's and David couldn't see what I talked to the client about. So stuff's everywhere. And this happens today too. Not with us, but like project management in general is scattered across tools. Some people use this tool and some people use that tool. And some, like, some people use Slack for communication. They use Jira for project management or task or whatever, task management. Or they use Asana, or they use both Asana and Jira because the engineering team uses Jira and the other people use Asana. It's like, this is no way to run things because it's a mess still. Um, so we've, we've always decided to build what we need. And back when we launched Basecamp, we were a client services firm. So it was primarily around communicating, communicating with clients, keeping feedback on the record and making sure everybody internally knew what was going on. And we had one central stored, shared, basically center of truth for everybody involved in a project. And that's still true today. We just don't work with clients anymore. We work with ourselves. But so the spirit of the product is the same, but the execution has definitely changed. 
based on, you know, a little bit around our needs, which is kind of how we've always built things, which is what do we need? What do we know? Um, and, you know, we put something out there and then we try to find other people or other companies like us with similar in similar situations who are looking for something that we were also looking for. Um, and so while the client features in Basecamp today are probably better than they've ever been, we don't use them um, as much. We do use them occasionally, but we sure. don't use them as much as we use sort of the, the HQ piece of it, yeah. like the, the, the remote hub part of it. Yeah, awesome. I think it's kind of, um, I came away from that workshop thinking like Basecamp seems like the ultimate tool for remote teams, but at the time, the positioning wasn't really as focused on remote at the at the time. But now with all this coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff happening, I noticed that you guys did make some changes to the marketing copy and stuff to really sort of double down on like, hey, we're all going to remote. We've been doing this for years. Believe us, this is the best tool to run it. How's that been working out? <laughs> Well, it's, it's interesting because um, we've been doing this Basecamp thing for 17 years now, basically, almost 17 years. And we still struggle to explain what it is. And from year to year, we've explained it differently. Um, and sometimes it takes something to jolt you into a certain degree of clarity that maybe you didn't have before. And, and as you saw at the workshop, because you were an outsider, you came in to see what we were presenting and you see it with fresh eyes. I can't see it with fresh For eyes. Sure. <laughs> my eyes are still based on my 2004 <laughs> eyes and 2012 eyes and all these different eyes. Like, I think we have a good sense of what the product is, but it's hard in some ways to explain what it is because it does a lot of different things and it does them in a very unique way. So it's hard to find frames or hooks to, that people are comfortable and familiar with to say it's this or it's that. So w- when Corona hit and pe- you know, people are scrambling, it's like people talk about a transition to remote work, but it was really a scramble. I saw people making a lot of mistakes by like loading up on five, four or five or whatever plus different tools and trying to build this collection of things that was just going to like confuse everybody involved. I mean, you know, the chaos with, with, the, with the transition or the scramble and then try to onboard people with four or five different products with all different sorts of interfaces and often different usernames and passwords and different ways of working. And there's always overlap between tools. So where do you put it in this product or that? We're like, we need to really focus in on the fact that Basecamp is an all-in-one setup for remote teams. Yeah. And so um, in a day, we kind of rewrote the copy and refocused the product um, around that. I mean, the, not the product, the product's the same, but like the messaging around it. Yeah. And it helped us focus in. Um, how's it going? I mean, our signups are up. But so are cancellations, because we have a number of, of small business customers. Um, our primary market is small and medium-sized businesses, and a lot of them got hit really bad and really, really hard. And so they went out of business or simply couldn't afford to do anything. So we lost some customers there. We gained some customers on the other side, um, and, and things, things are good. But um, I think it was a helpful reframing for us. Um, I don't know if that will be our a message in a year. Don't know. But it's what it is right now. And, you know, I think um, something I've talked about before around like, you know, elevator pitches, but there's kind of this real interest in elevator pitches. And I've just never been someone who believes in like, believes that you need to be able to explain your product in eight words in 10 seconds. Like, to me, it's all contextual. It's all scenario based. Like, I don't know, what, what, what are you struggling with at work? And what are you working on? And, oh, well, here's how Basecamp could help you do that. That's how I'd explain it to different people. And right now people are looking like, broadly looking for remote work help. And the other thing we're seeing, by the way, is interesting is that some people jumped into like, we'll get Slack and we'll get Zoom. Now we can talk because that's what we do at work as we talk. And, and now they're like, well, wait, we're not organized. Stuff is still scattered. This is not better. This is worse. And so we have kind of another wave of people who started with these other tools and are now looking to like basically graduate up to the mm-hmm. right way to do this. And kinda so they're finding Kind of had to experience the pain before. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Cool. So I think maybe a good topic to get into um, that I think would be like unique to this conversation, which I think is what makes these conversations interesting is we need a tool to run this company that we're building, right? That with the two of us, just me and Steve, basically we can just talk over like iMessage all day. It doesn't matter. You know, everything is fine. Uh, but we're going to be a team of four in the next couple of weeks. And I think that's going to take us to a point where it, it probably makes sense to start getting a little bit more organized. I, I think there's a bunch of factors that come in, to making that decision. Like one is yes, there's just more people and more stuff going on. Another I think is that it's not just the two sort of business partners now. And I feel like we sort of owe it to the people that we're bringing on to be more organized. You know what I mean? For their benefit. Um, 
so I'd be curious to know, like, with a small team like that and knowing, like, what you know from using Basecamp to run Basecamp for so long, like, how would you look at, like, starting to even set up the company in Basecamp? I know, like, a lot of people think of it as, like, projects. Okay, so I'm going to make a project for each thing that we're doing. But I know at Basecamp you use projects for a lot of other stuff. So if you were setting up, like, a brand new Basecamp, Basecamp account from scratch for a small team like ours, how would you think about doing it? And of course, if you have any questions that are going to help you like make better recommendations, ask away. Yeah. First, I think it's smart that you're thinking about habits, which is what I'm kind of hearing, which is, you know, the two of us can just go back and forth and I am, but like we bring on two more people. It's almost our obligation to make sure that we're organized from the start because you're about to build a company and you're, well, you have one, but you're about to build like a team. more of a company, yeah, right? Like, yeah. A team. And so you, you want to start people out thinking about the right things now because it's very hard to break habits later. And so if you just kind of just resort back to just sort of being kind of semi-organized, like that's the kind of company you're going to build forever is a semi-organized company. So it's really good. That I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. So what I would do is I'd sign up for an account. When you sign up for an account, we ask you a few questions. Um, you could basically ignore those for the moment. One of the questions is like, what projects do you have going on right now? Um, and like, do you have any departments? Sure. And you basically don't have any departments. So you can kind of leave that empty. That's actually a question I do have for you is like, yeah. we do have some sort of areas where each person is sort of taking ownership. You know what I mean? But there's only one person. Yeah. Um, I'd skip it now okay. because it's too, what you want to be careful is you don't want to have too many silos too early either because you don't want to have someone just talking to themselves. It's just not sure, the right sure. scale yet. So what I would do is I'd sign up. I'd leave the department's thing. Don't check any boxes. Uh, projects, just ignore it for a second. You could add a few if you want, but just skip that for a second. And you're going to land on the home screen. The home screen is going to have what's called an HQ, which is your sort of company-wide hub. All company communications, anything that's not project-related necessarily, but stuff that's like everyone needs to know about happens there. And then you're going to have two sample projects, one team, one one project that are going to be added on the new onboarding and This stuff. is something that's a little bit different in like the latest sort of iteration of Basecamp than before, right? Like you didn't have like the HQ or like the separation between teams and projects. That's just like you guys were using it that way yes. and kind of wanted to nudge people in that direction. This is actually Basecamp three and a half. So when we launched Basecamp um, three, we didn't really have this. And then we, 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 we upped upped it basically to have HQ teams and projects. For you, I would have HQ and projects, okay? Skip the teams, you don't need any teams right now. All your sort of team stuff can just happen in the HQ because there's just four of you, you know? So anything that's really not project related, I just, for now, HQ. Once you get to eight or nine people and maybe have some divisions and some groups or whatever, then you can maybe start to, I think until you have two people in something, probably not worth making a team. Mm -hmm. um, you could, but I, I think you're going to find yourself then wondering. What goes in the team? What goes in yeah. the project? Because it's like yeah. that team is working. Because at Basecamp, you have like teams that have sub teams a lot of the time. Well, we kind of, the way, here's how we think about it, but it, this doesn't really apply to you at your scale. Okay. We think about it in terms of teams are long running things that never end. Yeah. Customer service is a team, never ends. So we have a team for, for customer service in Basecamp. Um, designers, programmers, what's called SIP, which stands for Security Infrastructure and Performance, Ops. These are teams and they're perpetual. And then we have projects, which are like things that start and end. Yeah. So, you know, new feature development for, for Hey, we're building a new email thing now called Hey. And so like we're working in our six week cycles and every six weeks we might spin up four or five different projects. Those are all individual things that we're building for Hey. And those have a start date and an end date essentially. And so mm -hmm. those are projects. And so that's how I would think about it for you. I would just skip the teams level for now. I'd go HQ and I'd set up projects for anything that feels like it's a project. Now yeah. to start, you might want to like, we have, if we have three or four things going on, projects, we would have three or four separate projects. But in your, at your size, you might just want to have one project for the three or four things that are going on. If they're kind of, if you can kind of wrap them in a nice, lab, a, a nice envelope and call them something, that might be a simpler way to begin than to spread too many, like too few things out in too many places. That's what you want to be careful sure. of to start. So I would, I'd start with an HQ and maybe one or two projects. I don't know what your projects are, but let's just say one or two. Yeah. And then when you feel that like 
something's never ending because it just you keep adding into it and adding into it. Add, then it's like a good reminder that you're probably adding more scope to something that should have been cut at some point and starting it, you know, starting a separate project for sure. a new chunk of work. You'll have to figure out that balance on your own, but that's kind of where I would start. Yeah, that makes sense. So kind of just start assuming that the project is not super defined for the most part and just kind of wait till we get to a point where it's like this project should be over, but we know what we're working on now and we can define that as something. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like this is not like the best practice in a sense, but I think it's the right practice for a company of your size or a size that you're about to be. Just don't over silo things, don't over, you know, delineate things like you want a place where anyone can talk in the company and you want a project or two for the projects you're doing. You could also have a single project with separate to-do lists, each to-do list representing a different scope of work within that one project. It sort of just depends. And I, I feel like that's not what you want to hear, which is like, you want to know, what do I do? But I don't, I don't know. And I'm, I'm, we could, I could ask you, but I, I don't feel like I would still really know enough about the work you're doing. And you may not even necessarily know exactly what's coming up either, but I would skip teams. So simplify HQ and project. Anything that you think distinctly is a project, make it a separate project. Gotcha. I love it. So one thing I am curious about when it comes to like the, the way you set up projects is you give this example of, Hey, which is this big new email app you guys are working on that everyone's super excited to, to learn more about. Um, I think a lot of people might, assume that something like hey v1 is like a project in Basecamp, but i'm like 99 sure that that's not the case yeah. um so how do you think about like how many projects do you have like going on at once for something like that and are you able to give like any examples like i know hey mm-hmm. is kind of under wraps a little bit but just to mm. give people a clue as to like what how big a project might be in terms let me, of let me let me tell you let me go okay we here have we go. dozens dozens of, of ongoing hey projects so okay we actually have a team. This is I'll tell you, but we have a team called Hey Product Management, okay. which is currently me, David, Jonas, and Ryan. Okay. And we're kind of the ones running the products. We actually have a team for like ongoing long-term discussions about what to do, how to do it, debates, discussions. So there's a team for that, okay? Um, and then on, on the project side, let me just go. We have here are the here are the existing projects. Now they're not all alive right now. They're not all active. So I'm going to kind of skip over some. Um, We have one called Hey Accessibility, which is really kind of uh, focused on on leveling up a bunch of accessibility things. This is actually a little bit more long running, but everyone in the company is involved in it, so we're not considering it a team. We have Hey Android currently for the Android team to work on their latest build. Okay. Um, We've had, let's see, those are are kind of done. Um, (laughs) There's a bunch of things that are done here. Let me just kind of go through these with, with the Android one. That one actually strikes me as like sounding like a bigger project than I would have expected from Basecamp. Is it because it, of the way that you guys build things? It just turns out that most of the work for the Android app is encapsulated in existing projects. Because I know David's talked to me before about the web repository is kind of tries to be the source of truth for everything, and there's almost not that much client specific code in these like mobile apps. Or is there? Yeah, there reason? is more. More so in in, in Hey. Um, so um, basically, the Hey Android project right now is a, is is where they're tracking bugs um, for the Android app, um, and they 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 develop the Android app in a separate place, gotcha. like inside Basecamp. There's actually an Android team, yeah, and that's where they're primarily talking back and forth about stuff. But the Android project is where we're like collecting screenshots of busted stuff right now. Got it. Um, but let me just, I'm not even going to tell you what's going on right now because it's actually not relevant. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but here, yeah, here's like a list of it. projects that, that we worked on with Hey. Yeah. Hey Attachment Browser. Okay. So how do you browse all file attachments in Hey? That is a distinct project in Basecamp. Okay. Hey Auto Forwarding is a distinct project in Basecamp. Um, this is for setting up forwards, um, I think, uh, it, so you can set up, uh, if someone emails you, hey, you can forward to another service. That's a distinct feature, a distinct scope of work. We made a distinct project for it. We have um, a project called Hey Avatar. So by the way, the pattern here is we prepend the name of the project with the product name. So yeah, so hey, it's not colon. like you have like a bucket called Hey that has more projects in it. Like projects is a flat list, but you're kind of namespacing them like with your own kind of pattern. Exactly. Yeah. So a whole distinct project called Hey Avatars. This is for uploading your own avatar and also any avatar for any contact that's in the system. 
We have a project called Hey Big Attachments. This is a scope of work, uh, a project for allowing people to send any size files out of Hey. Um, typically with email, you're capped at like 20 megs. Um, hey lets you send 400 megs if you want. That was a whole distinct piece of work. We made a separate project for it. Um, we have a, a, a project called Hey Bundles. Bundles and Hey are a way to make sure that no individual contact could dominate your inbox. So if you turn on bundling for a contact, no matter how many emails they send you, they can only take up a single row in, in your inbox, basically. A um, couple more just to give you a little bit more um, uh, context. We have a project called Hey Exporting Mbox and V-Cards. So from Hey, you can export all of your emails into an Mbox format and also all of your contacts into a V-Cards format. This is a separate project. So these are not, we don't have a project like you said called Hey yeah. with all the stuff. We have literally dozens, I'm looking at this now, like in the 30s number of distinct projects um, that are currently like alive and some even are active, or I'm sorry, archived. So the idea is if a project takes a couple weeks or more, it gets its own project yeah. in Basecamp. And that's kind of how we structure things. And it's, in some ways it's messy, but it's also really clean because when you go into one of these places, you know that the only thing that's in there is work dedicated to that particular scope of work or that particular feature. Yeah. So there's a lot of them, but they're very specific. Yeah. So to a lot of people, like like project can mean a lot of things, right? But it sounds like projects at Basecamp are often what people think of as features often. You know, I'm sure there's lots of situations where that's not quite aligned but most new features or even just big chunks of new features are going to get their own project the way that you set things up that's correct yeah that's so correct. if i yeah. try and draw an analogy to like the stuff that we work on like with tailwind css which is an open source css framework something like oh we want to add a feature that lets people do dark mode on their websites like that would definitely be a project whereas like tailwind 2.0 is probably way too big to do as a project not only is it too big it's what we call internally a smell. Mm. So um, 2.0 specifically is like the death knell of projects <laughs> because it's so undefined. And we've done that, by the way, we make this mistake all the time too. Um, it's so undefined. It signifies the best of everything in the future. And uh, it's, it's a dangerous thing. So I, I would be very careful. We've done this and we've made many mistakes doing this. I'd be careful to ever call something 2.0. The whole point, which you just got to, which about dark mode, like that's a distinct concept. So if, if in your mind, Tailwind 2.0 is like 12 different improvements you're going to sure. make to the thing, make 12 separate projects. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so within projects, like there's Basecamp has a bunch of different features that you use for a bunch of different stuff. Do you typically have like, all six, I think it's six, of like the tools enabled for each project? Or how do you make decisions about doing that? Like yeah. With the hay stuff as an example, maybe. Yeah, no, we don't have all six uh, all the time. So um, there's typically a campfire, there's typically a message board, and there's almost always to-dos. So we usually have those three on for sure. Schedule is not necessarily on for most because the schedule is the cycle of work that we've already chunked out and we already know what that is. That's a, like a bigger picture thing. <laughs> it's been established that all these projects are running on the same cycle, so we don't have dates on individual projects. So schedule's usually out. Automatic check-ins is out on individual projects. We, we actually have a single project called What Works, which is where we have all of our automatic check-ins around what you work on today, what are you planning on working on this week, that kind of stuff, which we can talk about later. Okay. Um, so we almost always have a campfire message board to-dos. So, and then sometimes sorry, docs and ahead. files yeah. as well. Okay. Yeah, docs and files is another thing that we'll have for um, sketching out concepts, um, writing up things that we might want to use to describe a feature, um, any sort of assets that are required to make the thing, logos, visuals, that kind of stuff. That would go in docs and files. So it's usually those four things. Yeah. And then depending on the project, we might add in the other two, or there's actually a third, another one, which is email forwards, which we don't use that often. But if you want to forward in emails from the outside, like for bug reports, for example, sure. um, that's something that we turn on for those kinds of projects. Got it. So one thing I'm curious about with that is campfires. Um, how are you using campfires at like the kind of individual project level, especially when projects are kind of so small? Like what sort of things is someone talking about in like the, hey, big attachments campfire? 
yeah. versus let me like go commenting it. on either to dos or in the message board or. Yeah, let me let me actually just jump in because it's been a while since that's that feature's been done for a while. But let me just see. So in this project, we had um, I'm just going to scroll back. Very light chatting, but what happens is is we use chat for like this appears broken or like does anyone know why we did this? It's a lot of screenshot sharing and like quick commentary. It's not decision making. It's not debates. Um, it's not detailed thoughts. It's a little bit more like, I'm just going to kind of talk out loud and whoever's there can hear me. Okay. And, um, you know, someone might be able to chime in quickly, but, um, the majority of our discussions and thought process and deliberations happen typically as comments attached to to do's or as messages on the message board. Chat is really more of a casual form of communication for us. Where it's like, hey, anyone know where this is or know why this is busted? Or is this a regression? I thought this was fixed before. And then someone might go, yeah, yeah, I, I screwed that up. I'll fix that. You know, we'll revert or whatever yeah. it is. I, you know, it could be a million things. But it's not structured. It's not important. Yeah. It's side chatter, essentially. Sure. And it's handy sometimes because even though most of our communication is asynchronous and considered and written up and attached to the right things because we really believe in context and communication, like... If you're going to talk about a piece of work that's a to-do, you should talk about that piece of work on the to-do itself, um, not in a chat room separate from that to-do because there's no attachment really. Um, but there's just stuff that's general catch-all conversation, and that happens typically in the chat room. Gotcha. So yeah. w- one thing that like comes to mind for me, which I'm sure there's an, a- an answer for, but as someone who's only really tinkered around in Basecamp like, by myself just to play with it and hasn't actually tried to put it to the test with a real team – how do you like make sure that people aren't missing things like that in campfires? If you've got like, f- you know, 25 active campfires, is the right sure. way to think about it? Just like channels on the sidebar and Slack, like it, you know, if you're not going to miss those, you're not going to miss these either. Or, Well, first off, there, I know you just use it as an example, but there's no reason to be, to feel like you need to know what's going on across 25 different things. Sure. Right? But like if someone's going to ask something like, has yeah, anyone, sure. like they have to have some expectation that hopefully someone is going to notice it, right? To sure. be able to give an answer. The key is, is that in our six week cycle setup, we have teams of three people typically that work on a feature or two. Um, and their only responsibility that cycle is the project that they're working on. Or there might be three projects that cycle for them. They might have two or three two-weekers or something like that, right? That's their only responsibility. And so they don't have to pay attention to other things happening elsewhere in the company and be feeling like they must pay attention to those things. They can if they want to. So we're not talking about different things in 25 different places that are your responsibility. Your responsibility is simply the work that, that you have this cycle. And you can entirely focus on that. No one's going to pull you off that unless there's an emergency. Now, there are social, we have like social projects set up as well in Basecamp. We have a project for people who love cars. We have a project for people who love pets. We have a project for parents. We have, and those are social things that you might want to pay attention to if you're like into that topic. But there's no work stuff that might be happening in 25 things you need to pay attention to. That said, maybe there's, maybe, me for example, I'm maybe involved in six or seven things. Um, we have a single menu in Basecamp called Hey. That's where all your notifications flow whether it's a new message, a new to-do, a new assignment for you, an assignment that you've assigned to someone else that's been completed, new chat, new ping, essentially, which is kind of instant messages. Um, that all happens essentially in one or two menus, in one or two places. So it's all centralized, but it's not a sidebar because sidebars pull you away from your work all the time because they list all the things you're missing. And this is a subtle detail, but it's really important. If you're always missing things and the software is always telling you you're missing things. Well, you're going to fear missing things and you're going to start to pull your attention away constantly to ping off those notifications, those red dots or whatever. In Basecamp, we've made a conscious effort not to have any of that stuff ever visible. It's all in the hay menu and you go there when you want to go there. When you go there, you can see what's there and you can also just move away and you'll never see it again. So it's about putting that control in your hands and it's not about the software constantly pulling you away. Even if there's other stuff going on, like if something's super urgent, you'll find out about it some other way. And there shouldn't be things that are super urgent. That's basically like, that's an emergency, which should almost never happen. So it's definitely a more relaxed um, approach. 
And it's saying like, you just don't need to pay attention to everything that's happening right now because it's not your, no. When you're smaller and you have four people, slightly different in a sense, but also you're not biting off 25 different things either. So it's, it all kind of scales with, with the size of the organization too. Yeah. I love it. So for us, it probably, we probably just need like a campfire and HQ if we even use that feature at all. Right. I would like, probably have, I probably have a camp. I'm thinking I probably have a campfire and HQ for sure. That's like where all of our company wide yeah. social chatter is. And for four people, I mean, it's not a bad idea to have a campfire in the projects that you have going on just to keep that conversation like contextualized. Mm-hmm. But it just depends on how much you use it. Yeah. And if you're going to use it super rarely, it may not matter. But here's the nice thing about having them in separate projects is that when you get a notification that it says there's, there's a, there, someone's chatting in XYZ project, you know what that conversation is going to be about. So if yeah. it's something that you really care about, it's nice to have it differentiated by having a name attached to it. Sure. Versus there's a new, new chat in the HQ. It's like that could be one of a million things. It probably doesn't matter. Maybe it super matters. So I do think it is it is handy to, to separate these things. It just, again, comes down to a matter of scale. I would start small. I probably would have the campfires turned on for each project to begin with. See how that flows. Because in many cases, a lot of projects begin for us with a campfire and a to-do list. Yeah. So just those two tools. Then we layer in the the the, the message board, or sometimes it's all there from the start. So, so what sort of trigger is that? Like, when do you layer in the message board? Yeah, when there's like, when there's an announcement, when there's like something, a decision's been made, a discussion needs to happen for sure, and you want to make sure everybody sees it, and it's carefully considered and thoughtful, and it's like a it's an idea. Okay. To me, chat is like a quick thought. And the message board is about sharing an idea. Here's a pitch for something. Here's, here's a decision we've made. Here's a direction we're headed. That's like stuff that you want to sort of um, codify and you yeah. want it to be official. And that's kind of what the message board is really for. And also, if you want to have a considered discussion about it, it's yeah. for those kinds of things, you know? So here, let me, let me, let's get real about yeah, this. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I could s- totally picture examples of that in, like, the HQ territory, but in the project territory, I think it'd be interesting to talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're everywhere. So um, let me just see um, what I got here. I'm going to find, um, so we, we have a, we do have a, here's a, another example. We do have, um, so let's go to Hey Product Management, for example. Okay. Which is um, sort of the, broader a project yeah Actually, hang on this might be a good one let me just see let me look at a few of these so i'm looking at like hey password recovery okay which is um a project around like recovering your password right sure. um which is tricky because it sounds like oh big deal right well we're an email provider so you can't recover your password <laughs> using at your, your hey address <laughs> If you can't get in your hey address. So it's actually a little bit trickier. It's like, oh, we have to offer a backup address. And where do we offer the backup address? Like, is that something you do later? Is it something you do during sign up? An argument could be made for later, but then like, hey, if you forget your password the next day and you didn't get to that, then you'll never get it back. And then what are the ramifications of that? And then we have two-factor authentication. So there's a lot of stuff, right? So this project has a message board with just a single message in it called the pitch, basically. And this is the big picture about what this project is about. It is, I'm just gonna copy the text here and paste it into AI Writer to see how many words it is, just to, to give you a sense, whoops, um, of, of that. Um, so this is uh, 400 words, basically. Um, and then there's five comments down below, all in the same day, from a few different people that are working on the project, asking for some clarification. And now this serves as like the, the official outline of what we want to achieve this project with some additional details filled in in the comments, okay? And this project, though, that is the only message, okay? All the other communication primarily happened on the to-dos, of which there are one, two, three, four, five, six lists, and let me give them to you, okay? Sign-up flow is a list that had four items on it. Password recovery email is a list that had six items on it. And I should just be clear, I know you probably know this from going to the, to the, the um, workshop. These lists are scopes of work and they are a collection of all the design work and the programming work. 
So it's, we don't have like, programmers don't keep track of their stuff in one place and designers, in a, it's all right here, okay? Then we have recovery flow, which is five steps, which is, so we have a separate project, a list, not project, sorry, separate list for password recovery email, like sending the email, what's the contents of the email, when do we send the email, that kind of stuff. And then we have one for recover, or to do list with six or five items for recovery flow. So someone gets the email, they click a button or click a link, what's that flow like? Um, then we have uh, a list of eight items called settings. These are like how you even get to creating a backup email address or changing your backup email address. Then we have another list, 10 items called verify backup email address and all the work that's required to verify your backup email address. Because if you enter your backup email address and it's the wrong address, yeah, you're screwed. And you, you lose, well, not only are you screwed, but that gets sent to the wrong person. They can then get into your whole email account. So like, there's a lot of detail involved with that thinking and that stuff. So, and then we have one other list called QA. And that list has a few different groups. So in Basecamp, you can add groups to to-do lists to kind of further segregate or differentiate the different kinds of things. Um, and that, had, that has uh, 19 items on it. So I know like hearing this in audio, it's hard to picture some of this stuff. I don't know if you have show notes, if you want some screenshots, I'm happy to like yeah, that, some would, of these. that would be awesome if you wanted to yeah. do that. Yeah. Let me do that. I can maybe give you some of that. But that's an example. That So that, that project, Hey Password Recovery, has one message on the message board, a bunch of to-dos with a bunch of conversations, and then a campfire. Okay, There was essentially three or four people involved in that project. But other projects, I'm just wishing I had one handy at the moment. I don't want to spend like too much time searching. But there's other projects that have like dozens of messages, very few um, to do items and a little bit of campfire chatter. There's other ones that have more campfire chatter, less messages. It just kind of really depends on, on like kind of the depth of the project. Cause sometimes there's just a lot of deeper things that need to be discussed and considered and debated and changes along the way that we see. And we want to kind of make those official and make the decisions, like explain the decisions we're making. If we change direction, that kind of stuff, that's what goes into a message. A message you can think of as like a memo to everybody involved compared to campfire is never it's campfire chats are like again one line at a time more casual you could eat like you could easily miss it because it can scroll off but if it was important you would never want someone to miss it so we never assume that anything that happens in a campfire is going to be seen by everybody if we want it to be seen by everybody it's a message so is it pretty common then for most projects to start with that like what you guys call the pitch being like in the message board like this is what you should reference when you want to understand even what we're trying to do with this project? Yes. Yeah. So basically every project essentially that we're working on when it comes to feature work begins with either called the pitch or the shaping doc, depends on who's writing it and what we call it. But it's essentially, this is the shaped work. We, we say new project, name the project based on like the project we're doing, the, the, the scope of the work, like password recovery. And then um, whoever pitched or shaped the work will go, in, will go in the message board, post the shaping doc. This is like what we do on day one of the yeah. project. Yeah. And this goes out to everybody who's involved, the kind of the big picture. Then people can chime in and ask questions for follow-ups and everything. And at some point, like usually within a day, um, everyone's kind of totally on board and understands what we're going for. And then to-dos lists start to be created by the people doing the work. Yeah, those are this not is, set up by you. That's They're trying to decide, okay, how should we slice this in the way that we're going to feel like we're turning through it in the most productive way and keeping yes. track of what we want to keep track of? Yes. Nobody at Basecamp assigns anybody else work. The people, I mean... The people who are doing the work assign themselves work and the people they're doing the project with, but there's no architect. There's no, no one who defines all the tasks up front, puts them all up front, and then tally, or, uh, delegates them all. That does not exist at Basecamp. We build the work as we go, as we discover the work, and the people doing the work are the ones that are responsible for creating those lists and assigning the work to themselves or you know their coworker, whoever it is. But there's no like top-down. The only top-down part of it is this is the piece of work broadly that we're going to do this cycle that needs to get done. Here's the big idea behind it. And then the teams figure out how to get it done yeah. themselves. So how much um, conversation happens on like a to-do list versus a to-do item? And why does something happen in one place or the other? Almost nothing on the list. Okay. 
almost all on the item. Whenever possible, we try to get to the most specific context we can. So to do items are highly contextual. Like this is the piece of the thing. And there's a discussion about how to implement the thing or how to do the thing or whatever it might be. So that's, to me, the, the conversations on to-do lists, which are far and few between, are more like broad questions about like, um, they don't even happen that often, to be yeah. honest. Okay. I'm struggling I mean, to come up with That's the it. important thing, right? Yeah. That's what I'm It's kind of like when you just have to, when it's really about like this bigger scope of work, yeah. then it's on the list. But mostly, almost always, it's about the individual to-do items because that's the work itself sure. that has to get done. Would someone? Would an example maybe be like you talked about the password recovery email and the password sort of recovery actual flow? Say like at the beginning of the project, you decided to make that one to-do list. Would, and if someone decided, you know what, uh, I really think we should split this up. Is that the sort of conversation that might happen like at the list level? It could. Yeah. For example, I'm looking back at that project now. None of the lists have any comments. Gotcha. Okay. But individual to-dos have, I'm just looking through, we have six comments on this one, two on this one, three on this one, one on this one, three on this one, one on this one, one on, you know, so it's like how many, uh, one how on many this one, two items on this have one, no forms. comments? Like, is it, um, is it more uh, often comments than not on the to-do items? More often than, uh, in this project, more often than not, but not necessarily always. Um, some things are really straightforward. They just don't need any conversation. Other times it's like more gut check. Like for example, designer might share design on the to-do list as a comment. And so the programmer can kind of see, or I could jump in and, and have a, a point of view, share a point of view on it. So like a lot of to-dos are discussed, but it's not a requirement. There's many to-dos that are not. It just, it's like, if you need to talk about it, you talk about it on the to-do item itself. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So in this project, n- no lists have, have, um, have discussions. Let me just jump into one other one just to like randomly um, just give you another quick thing. Like right now we have a project going on for, um, we just finished this one, mail export, actually, yeah, mail export. Um, no to, no discussions on the list themselves, but um, a number of discussions on individual to-dos. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I don't want to... St- steal the rest of your entire day because i got so much stuff i want to talk, <laughs> talk with you about it um but maybe let's talk a little bit about how you run like the hq portion uh yeah of things so i think there's a lot of things that are probably intuitive about like what goes there like oh we're making some announcement about something blah 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 but i'm sure there's a lot of kind of interesting ways that you use it at Basecamp that are less obvious to people and i would love if you could share like some of the things that you use hq for that might be a good idea for someone like me um, who's just getting started. Sure. So I'll, let's talk about today. So um, <clears throat> we have a chat room called All Talk. So in, in Basecamp, you can rename the tools. The tools are message board, campfire, automatic check-ins, to-dos, docs and files, schedule, mm-hmm. and then email forwards. But you can rename these. So we renamed our chat room All Talk. It's sort of a legacy thing we used to call it a long time ago. I've also renamed the message board in the HQ to be called announcements to kind of really... Um, solidify the purpose of the message board in the HQ. So whenever we want to make a company-wide announcement, it happens in the HQ. But today, so today in the chat room, I'll tell you everything that's happened. Basically, um, okay, here's today. Um, Like there's been one conversation. Basically, um, Lexi and Jabari celebrated their three-year anniversaries on Saturday Joan and Chase celebrated their nine-year anniversaries on Sunday, and Sylvia celebrates her six-year anniversary today. And so someone wrote that up, Naveed, um, who works for us, who wrote that up. And uh, basically, it's lots of hearts, congratulations, amazing, you know, wonderful to have you here, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's it today for the Basecamp HQ, okay? But in days past, like the day before... There was a lot of talk about, um, let's see. And and just to be clear, this is campfire messages or this is message board? Campfire, yeah. That's a campfire thing. Like, happy anniversary to these people. Because it's like a a, a one-line statement, essentially. However, however, um, if I go to the message board, um, on May 19th, which was just by half of, uh, what, 10, 12 days ago, um, actually, on the 18th, 18th and 19th, we wrote up messages celebrating, like big long messages, celebrating 
individuals who've been here for more than 10 years. Okay. So, um, Pratik and John have been, have been here for 10 years. They just had their 10 year anniversaries. So rather than write up sort of a, or something in campfire, this is more of a, a bigger picture thing. Cause that's a really big milestone. So we write those things up. Scott Upton, who's one of our designers just had a, his 10 year anniversary as well. So we wrote that up. Um, other things in the, in the HQ, um, is your American express card expiring? A lot of them are expiring this month. Uh, please let us know and we'll make sure to, to order you a new one. Um, someone left the company recently and they said goodbye and we explained why, why they left. Um, I wrote up something, uh, in early May about like a lot of, you know, we're launching a new product soon. A lot of people at Basecamp today have never launched a new product before. We have a lot of people who've been here for less than five years, which is when the last time we launched Basecamp 3. And even Basecamp 3 is still relaunching Basecamp. The last time we launched a new product was a number of years ago. And so a lot of people are feeling pressure they never felt before. They're not sure how to handle it. They feel a little bit more anxious. And so I just wrote something up explaining like, this is totally normal. This is totally natural. This happens every time we launch a product. Um, There's a lot of unknowns. A lot of things aren't going to be right. Like just kind of trying to make sure everyone understands where we're at. And so that's an example. Another one is on May 6th, someone was promoted to lead programmer. So we make a big deal about that. So promotions, anniversaries, sort of company-wide cathartic moments, company-wide announcements, that kind of stuff happens on the message board. Okay. Um, And um, uh, like addressing all the protests that are going on right now. Like we wrote up something today about that internally to share with the crew, with the whole company, and that goes to the message board in the HQ. Um, but the but the campfire is way more casual. Okay, then um, we have a f- uh, we, we've renamed docs and files to reference materials, and inside that tool, we have all of our benefits, um, all of our uh, sorry, my daughter's screaming downstairs. <laughs> Mine's <laughs> running around like a ogre downstairs <laughs> yeah okay so, sorry if that's coming through all good. um so uh, all of our benefits transcripts from a bunch of other things that we do internally these like uh mini meetups we have we do called five by twelves we tr- do a transcription of those we have our like code of conduct there we have uh everyone's uh, start date um we have book suggestions we have all sorts of like stuff that you would have in an intranet for a company you know, like, what are our benefits? And, you know, where do I go for this? Where do I go for that? Like kind of resource and reference materials. That all lives in the reference materials, a tool inside Basecamp, which is docs and files, which is where you put documents and files. We've just renamed it. We have the schedule we renamed to dates. And that's where you list people's birthdays, product anniversaries, individual people's anniversaries, like milestones inside the company that are about people are primarily in the dates thing. Um, automatic check-ins. We have, here's, here's the questions we ask everybody at the company. Every Monday morning, we ask everybody what they did this weekend. And when I say we ask, I mean Basecamp asks. You set this up once and it just asks. People report back what they did this weekend if they want to. Totally optional, but it's a wonderful way to get to know your coworkers and see their lives a little bit outside of work, especially for remote teams. Um, once a month, we ask everyone, has anything inspired you lately? Um, and then um, once a month, we said, seen any good movies lately? Um, and then once a month, we ask, what are you reading? And so people share book reports and all sorts of stuff like that. It's really, really cool. So that all happens in the HQ because this is like company-wide social stuff happens in the HQ as well. Everybody in the company has access to it. Yeah. And I can send you a screenshot of this too. Sure. Um, probably. Let me just look. But sure. Almost yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of maybe getting ahead of myself, but I'll send you some screenshots for, for your notes because it is it is hard to hear these things and understand them in, yeah. a, in a sense. And I know you've seen the product, so you get it, but maybe your listeners may yeah. not. So, Do you use to-dos at all in HQ? We do. I'm looking at the list right now, but totally, they're just old and dead. Gotcha. Like West Loop restaurants. We have like a list of that for people who visit Chicago, visit the office. It's like, it, basically, no. The answer is basically there's no to-dos in the okay. HQ. Yeah. And I know you have, you mentioned that you have a project set up uh, that asks people like what they worked on, what they're planning to get done this week, that sort of thing. You keep that in a separate project. For a small team like ours, would you recommend that as well? Or do you think like maybe that goes in the HQ? So we used to do it in the HQ and we split it out. And I think it's best to split it out. Um, 
because this is going to be your repository forever yeah of like the things everybody did and it's nice just to have those in a separate place yeah it's like you might throw your pictures of your hawaii vacation let's let's like throw back 30 years like in a different box than like your general everyday pictures like there's some stuff you just want to keep separate because you want to refer to it again later sure down the road maybe that was a bad analogy bad <laughs> example but but you know like so this is like this is an that was actually a terrible analogy but this is a an ongoing concern this is like everything that's ever happened in your company i would keep that separate because it's just easier to refer to later now inside the what works project and i can definitely share a screenshot of this this is a really like good screenshot one because we have four tools on message board, automatic check-ins, schedule, and to-dos. Let okay. me explain. Yes. The message board, there's only two things posted in the message board in the What Works project. And by the way, we have What Works 2020. We had What Works 2019. So we set up a new What Works project every year. So we have like a collection of everything that happened in a year. That's not necessary, necessarily necessary, but we've done it's it. It's kind of cool. It's like going into your looking at your tax return from a couple years ago. Not that that's like a fun thing to ever necessarily go into, right. but sure. <laughs> it just feels right. It's yeah, nice. Sure, yeah. It just right. So in the message board, there's two kinds of things that are posted. What's called um, heartbeats and kickoffs. A heartbeat is a summary of the last six weeks of work that a team did. So Jeff, who runs all the core product programmers, writes a heartbeat about what the programmers did last cycle. Jonas writes a heartbeat about what the designers did last cycle. Kristen writes a heartbeat about what customer service did last cycle. Jane writes a heartbeat about what data did last cycle. Okay. Then we also write a kickoff and a kickoff is six weeks looking forward. These are our plans for the next six weeks for each team and each team lead writes that up. So there's a heartbeat and a kickoff, separate messages. Those are the only two kinds of messages that live in the message board and the what works project. Automatic check-ins, there's two of them. Every Monday morning, we ask everybody, what will you be working on this week? Which is basically, what do you think you're going to be working on this week? This is not about we're holding you to it, but like, what's, what's coming up this week for you? This is a great way for everyone in the company to have a sense of like, what's probably going to happen this week. And then at the end of every day at 4.30 p.m. and everyone's local time, we ask, what have you worked on? And Basecamp prompts everyone to ask what they worked on, and people write it up in their own words. Some people write many paragraphs, some people write a few short bullets, some people write one paragraph, and not everyone does it every day. Sometimes you do it every few days, and people start those off with like last few, and they kind of summarize that. Yep. So we got message board for kickoffs and heartbeats, check-ins for like daily work and what we think we're gonna do this week. The schedule simply shows the, ne- the cycles. So which cycle are we in? When does the cycle start? When does it end? When does the next one start? When does the next one end? So it's kind of like a broad, um, there's no like project work described in here. This is just all cycles, basically. And then we have to-dos, which are the assignments for the heartbeats and the kickoffs. So for example, on June 5th, my heartbeat for hay, since I'm running the product, I do a heartbeat for hay, the whole product, my heartbeat is due on June 5th, okay? On June 5th, the SIP, Security Infrastructure and Performance, heartbeat is due from Jeremy. And so we have dated to-dos and assigned to-dos on the to-do list in what works so we know when these write-ups are due and we can kind of hold hold those accountable. Um, Those are the only four tools that are on and it's a really wonderful tight place to keep track of all the stuff. And so what's beautiful about this, philosophically, this kind of gets back to your other thing about like following 25 things or whatever. Yeah. Nobody has to follow any projects that they're not par- that they're not part of, but, but if you want to know what's happening, them. there's one place to go to see everything that's happening across the company, um, and that's the beauty of it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that's what this project's all about. That's awesome. So you mentioned in the message boards you have like um, the heartbeats and then like sort of the kickoff uh, messages. Is that separate from like the pitch that? goes along with a project is it like a summary of it with like a separate document that's like here's this project in detail and that's what goes in the message board for each project or is it kind of in both places yeah great question so um i'll tell you so i'm just opening up um my kickoff for cycle three which is the current cycle we're on right now Mm -hmm. um for hay and what this is is the kickoff is a summary of the projects we plan on working on, 
that we've shaped up. And then each one of these summaries actually becomes its own project. And that's where the pitch document is written for the project. So, so for example, I have a paragraph on each individual feature we're doing. Yeah. Let me read one out loud if you don't mind. Sure, go for it. All right, exporting. People have to be able to get their email and contacts out of hay. Last cycle, we started an IMAP export, but it turned into a rabbit hole. We're going to put that approach on ice and focus on MBOX format exporting, as well as allowing you to export your contacts in vCard format. Casper will lead this work. He's the programmer. But much of the UI is already done from the previous exporting attempt. That is a description at a broad level of a project we're taking on. And then... This is the kickoff document. Then this is usually posted like the week before. The Monday we start the next cycle, a new project is created called exporting. Inside that project, there's a message that is the detailed write-up of that for only for the people who are working on the project. We don't go into extreme detail for the whole company and everything because it's it's too much. Yeah, they just want to okay? know like, oh, that's cool. We're working on this. That's interesting it's just a different audience. You're writing it for a different audience. So Yeah, so so these kickoffs and heartbeats are company-wide announcements and they're summaries. Yeah. So people have a sense. So no, let me read you one more. Outbound forwarding. If someone cancels their paid hate account or paid hey account, they should be able to forward email that comes into their whatever at hey.com account to another email address. And even if they don't cancel, they should be able to set up outboard forwarding, outbound forwarding. We're telling people they can forward email into Hey, so it's on us to return the favor to provide forwarding on the way out too. We already have a forwarding screen set up, so there's minimal UI here as well. Pratik will lead development and Scott will handle design. That is the extent of the company-wide description of the piece of work. The actual write-up for that in uh, in the forwarding project is 800 words sure or that's like all that. the here's the parts that we think will be hard and some details about how we want to solve some problems that like you're gonna inevitably run into and we've made decisions about it so you don't get blocked on it stuff that the people just following along with what's happening it doesn't matter to them yeah it, they don't need to know and they can find out if they want but they don't need to know exactly right and so and there's even like in these in these pitches and these in these um shaping docs sometimes there's there's a section at the end called open questions which is like we're 97% sure, but there's some stuff we're not totally sure about. And here's what those things would be. Like, there's no reason to burden everybody's mind with all those details. Like, this is a summary, and then detail goes in the project itself. So that's what these kickoffs look like. And heartbeats are quite a bit different. Heartbeats are are backward-looking, and they're a long list of all of the work that got done. And and the work typically is linking to individual to-do items or individual to-do lists or messages that have been posted um, by the team lead that kind of summarizes, here's what designers worked on last cycle. And it's like, a lo- these are long, highly linked documents that so are do, backward do, looking. Do you do the heartbeats like team-wide, even though like teams are like mixed together on projects? You know what I mean? Like there's a designer, two developers working on a project, but the designer's work gets lumped in with the other designers in the heartbeat. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, so, so, so here's how it works. Um, heartbeats are written by team leads. So like Jonas runs the design team at large. Yeah. We have, uh, depending on how you count, let's call it six designers. Okay? And what Jonas writes up, I'll, I'll tell you. Let me just like go find Jonas's design. Yeah. So Jonas is like, he, he has a group like, in Hay, these are the, some, of, some of the things that we worked on. Because some of the things that we worked on weren't scheduled projects, but there was like someone had some extra time and they worked on this little piece of design and that piece of design, or we changed the design that we already had and we tightened some things up. So stuff doesn't always map cleanly to projects, but it's like, here's some stuff that we did also. Um, and then it's like, in marketing, here's what Adam did. He, he redesigned the marketing site and here's some links to that. As a team, we got together in group video chats and fits and starts, first weekly during, co- eh, some of these details don't matter. We discussed the Hey logos and branding. We debated some names for, and some things and some icons for some things. We live streamed a Q&A about remote design. We went back and forth on countless small details and projects. So like, it's kind of a, just a summary of at large what the team did. Because work is not always clearly defined. The big picture is, and the projects are, but there's always other things that are happening just stuff like stuff that like was bothering someone, they tightened it up. 
something that ended early, so we worked on some other stuff. So it's kind of just a summary of what the team did. Um, and like, it's, it's very clear if you're inside the company that like, this is really helpful to see like all the work that happened in one, on one message. Because otherwise you're like going between this project and that project and that project and that project or following individual people and seeing what they're doing. But it's hard to get a sense of like what, what really happened over the past six weeks that this team did. And that's what these heartbeats are all about. And they're really wonderful documents and they really keep you, like bring you really up to speed on like all the work that's happening across the company. Very cool. Yeah. How much time do you got left? Do you got to run? Give me, uh, give me five minutes. Okay. Let me just double check here. Yeah. Give me five minutes. Okay. So two questions, maybe if we can uh, get through them. Um, first one, this one is the most important one to me. So I'll ask this one first. Okay. When you're bringing on a brand new person to Basecamp to join the team, what sort of factors do you consider when giving that person their first project or putting them on their first project? Uh, because I, I got to believe that there's mistakes that you can make there where someone just has lower odds of being successful than someone who of course has been embedded into the team for a long time. Yeah. And we, you know, we don't always get this right either, but, but um, the best thing is to of course make sure they're paired with, with a, a savvy veteran, you know, like um, so we just hired someone recently, a guy named Jorge and he's paired up uh, with, with Rosa on some work and Rosa is just like such a star. Um, and she hasn't been here that long, but she's, just moved up the rank. She's so good. And so like having them work together is important. So what you probably don't want to do in most cases is put someone on a project by themselves. And there are individual projects at Basecamp where one programmer is working independently or one designer is working independently because the project's not that big. There's no design required or there's only design required, no programming. You don't want to put new people on those kind of projects, but you want to give them real work real fast. I think that's sort of what we've come to realize, which is if you kind of have people sort of floating around too long on things that don't really matter or like aren't really real, they have a hard time finding their footing later. So we kind of dive, we've kind of gone back and forth on this and it maybe depends on the role a little bit, but um, we've, you know, if you're a programmer or designer, you're jumping in real work real quick with someone else. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me. Cool. Last quick question is uh, real-time collaboration at Basecamp. So I know that you guys try as hard as you can to keep everything as asynchronous as possible and everything written down. But I know you've also said in the past before too that when you do hop on a call for something, it's because like uh, there's this decision that's tricky. We need to hash it out in real time. How do you make sure that you don't forget to like capture those decisions in written form after the fact? Like once you come to a decision and it didn't just happen in somewhere where it's inherently documented, how do you make sure it does get documented? Let me give you an example again. Let me try and get like concrete here. Um, so Jonas and I are leading the design on Hay together. Okay. Um, Jonas is doing most of, almost all the implementation. Yeah. But like every piece of design we talk about. And sometimes we talk about it asynchronously. And other times, like, we just need to riff and look at some things together and play with it in the inspector. And it's like, what if we made this line a little bit thicker? If, what if we changed the padding here? Like, some of the stuff you kind of want to do actually collaboratively. Sure. It's too slow to be like, here's the padding at 10 pixels. Here's the padding <laughs> at 5. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, we just jump in and we, we, we always iterate live in those cases. So those are moments when we're iterating. We rarely discuss something without looking at something. And we rarely look at something without tinkering with it, okay? So those are the moments when we, when we um, jump onto a call like that. And then we, we would like to make some decisions and say like, let's put up on a beta server and we'd look at it, you know? Um, and we'd use it for a day or whatever. And then if we like where it's going, we'll write that up. We'll write up like the changes we're making. So we don't document the conversation. We document the ultimate output. Sure. Like, Hey, we have like, for example, like tomorrow, we're probably launching a new design for like a really key page. And this is kind of late in the game because like we're launching in a couple weeks, yeah. but like we want to fix this. So like Jonas and I have been working on this for three or four days now. And um, we've gone back and forth. We've had a number of conversations uh, asynchronously and also a couple uh, over Skype. And it's on a beta server, so anyone can play with these designs, and we feel pretty confident about it. And there's a couple outstanding things, so we're going to tweak those. And then we're going to write this up for the company and say, here are the changes that are going live. Here's why we made them. Here's why we think they're an improvement. And that's where the documentation happens. So what we don't do is we don't spend time documenting something that goes nowhere. Yeah. We only document the things that actually make it through. Um, if these are like real 
time conversations. Otherwise, like pretty much everything's documented because we're writing things down. Do you think it's hard to make sure you do that sort of thing if there's nobody to read it at the end of the day? You know what I mean? Like say you're making a decision that like I'm thinking in my case, we're going to be a team of four people, say me and one other person are working on something together that no one really needs to know about. Yep. I worried that we're going to fall into a trap of like not keeping track of those decisions. Cause that already bites me in some situations where me and Steve come to a decision. And then two weeks later, we're like, I know we thought this was a good idea, but I don't have the rationale in my head still. I wouldn't make it hard on yourself by like feeling like you need to write up a long thing. What you might want to do is you could do an automatic check-in, a daily one, saying, make any key decisions today that you want to mm, remember for later. Yeah, I like that. And then it's just like a log. It's more like a journal. And that would help you at least get those things down without feeling like there's an obligation to write to, to no one who's reading. Like, think about a journal. A journal's for you to write things down. Yeah. Now, of course, in this case, other people would have access to it too. But um, I would kind of go in that, that direction. Love it. Cool, yeah. man. Well, let's wrap it up there. It's been an absolute okay. pleasure to have you on the show and talk to you about this stuff. I'm super excited to dive into Basecamp. I hope it didn't sound like a sales pitch for Basecamp <laughs> and not just like an honest conversation, but I'm I'm really excited to to kind of get my team going and I'm excited yeah. to kind of do it in a way that feels like awesome. So, And by the way, I'm happy if you want, like we can screen share, I can walk you through it. I can give you some, once you get it set up, I could, if you want, if you like want me to come in and look at it with yeah. you. We could do that. So I'd be happy to do all that too, just to help your friend and it'd be fine. So I'd be happy. So why don't you get it going? If you get stuck, let me know. Sounds great. If you want me to kind of audit it with you, let me know. I'm happy to help. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jason. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Likewise. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with Jason Freed. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, you can find them at fullstackradio.com slash 141. Thanks as always for listening and we'll catch you next time.